Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Since Thursday, July 9th, 2020. And welcome to episode number 262 of the WCW, of the second installment, I should say, of the WCWS Radio Network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. This is the one and the only <coughs> NWO Wolfpack. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. De- Mr. WSWS, Chad Hinchon, back on the line here with you as we, of course, get set to talk about, once again, our favorite subject of all time, that being, of course, professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do another turnaround here tonight. Here tonight. Uh, we'll be doing our wrestling news and views here segment here for a second, whereas right as to begin the show, we'll be doing our wrestling history and birthdays here we'll being brought to us by our two thousand. Our first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer, as well as a member of the 2020 Hall of Fame Legacy Wing. He is, of course, the human suplex machine, John Gross. He is also a part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com. Also here joining us right now, ladies and gentlemen, is, of course, he. let's, let's, let's run it down one more time, ladies and gentlemen. He is a member of John Gross's Sports and Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page. He is also the current AAA U.S. Empty Arena Champion, the current FMWS World Heavyweight Champion, the current WCWS International Heavyweight Champion, <clears throat> the current WCWS Bang Bang Champion, and also one half of the GWI World Tag Team Champions alongside John. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, I'm referring to the one and the only, the king of clubs himself, Mr. Mitt Patel. Also joining us here, of course, via our talk shoe video service tonight. He is also a member of John Gross's Sports and Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page and also the current GWI 
phenom champion. He is the soul man, Justin Lewis Fleming. Let's welcome John, Mitt, and Justin to what should be a howling good time here tonight on episode number 262 of NWO Wolfpack. Glad to be here. Thank you there. And uh, Justin and uh, John, we welcome you here as well, gentlemen, as well. <clears throat> of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you care to chime in on anything and everything we talk about here this evening, please feel free to give us a call. The phone number, as always, is 1-605-562-0444. Caller ID, 138-521-POUND. <clears throat> Press that one if you want to chime in on anything and everything that we have to talk about here this evening, which will include, in addition to our history and birthdays, and of course, we'll hope to hear from the Iceman, Jared Duolmo, momentarily with our Wrestling News and Views segment. Uh, we will, of course, ladies and gentlemen, get get a reaction from everyone here about what happened last night with night two of both Fighter Fest and also the Great American Bash. <clears throat> and also, <clears throat> excuse me, and also, ladies and gentlemen, we will, of course, uh, with some time remaining, we'll definitely have some fun stuff here li lined up here for you coming up here, of course, a little bit later in the show. In the meantime here, folks, it is, of course, 9.38 p.m. on uh, Thursday, July 9th, 2020. Let's get right in. Let's get right into 262 of Wolfpack. As we said, we're going to start things off with our history and birthdays here segment, of course, being brought to us by our own human suplex machine, John Gross. Uh, on this, on, like I said, remember, remember on this date, July 9th, of course, we start off on this date in 1963 in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the Crusher defeated Vern Gagne to win the AWA World Heavyweight title. Also on this date in 1985 in Shelby, North Carolina, not too far from Charlotte, by the way, the Rock and Roll Express defeated Ivan Koloff and Crusher Khrushchev to win the NWA World Tag Team titles. Also on this day here in 1986 in Sydney, Australia, the fabulous Moolah defeated Velvet McIntyre to win the WWF Women's title. The change comes just six days after Moolah lost the title to McIntyre. Moolah held the title until Sensational Sherry defeats her just over a year later. Also on this date in the year 2000, WCW presented Bash at the Beach from the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida. 6,572 were in attendance with about 100,000 homes watching on pay-per-view, down from 175,000 for the 1999 edition. And in, in an indication of how far WCW has fallen at this point, down from 580,000 two years before 1998. Hmm. Hulk Hogan defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the WCW World Heavyweight title, but what happened after the match was controversial. Vince Russo cut a promo from Hulk Hogan. WC WCW creative member John Laurinaitis at the time informed Hogan earlier, earlier on that day that Hogan was going to lose to Jarrett and that creative had nothing for him going forward. Hogan passes on the news to Eric Bischoff. The two and Russo came up with an idea. Hogan takes the title, takes off, WCW crowns a new champion via a tournament. And Hogan returns at a future pay-per-view claiming he's a real world champion. Russo not exactly endorses, endorsing the idea and decides to go along with the plan. Hogan put a foot on Jarrett during the match with Hogan bad-mouthing WCW 
And Russo is saying that this is the reason the company is in the D shape it's in because of BS like this. Remember hearing, hearing Hogan say that on that show, by the way. Russo returned and dropped a pipe bomb on Hogan, and Russo would announce another WCW title match between Booker T and Jeff Jarrett. Booker T won the, won the WCW World Heavyweight title in that match, making him the second African-American world champion in WCW history, of course, joining Ron Simmons. On August 1st, 2000, Hogan would sue WCW and Russo for defamation of character and breach of contract. In 2002, Hogan returned to the WWF, first as a part of a reborn New World Order, then as the reborn 1980s cult hero, of course. The lawsuit <clears throat> between Russo and Hogan would be settled in 2005. Uh, also on this day here in the year to see, uh, 2001, on Raw's War from Atlanta, Georgia, the APA defeated the Dudleys to win the WWF tag team titles. But what happened later that night was shocking. During a tag team match between with Kane and Chris Jericho versus Lance Storm and hardcore champion Mike Awesome, RVD and Tommy Dreamer would make their surprise WWF debuts. Well, actually, their returns and also the surprise reformation of ECW. In the end, ECW and WCW stood tall against the WWF with Stephanie and Shane leading the supergroup. Of course, now, of course, remember them as the Alliance. Also on this date here, let's see, in 2008, WWE releases Raw Diva search winner Ashley Massaro. She requested her release during, due to her daughter being ill. Also on this date here in, uh, let's see here, 2013, Matt Morgan is granted his release from TNA. Uh, also on this date here in, let's see, 2012, after two years of trying to find out who the anonymous Raw general manager, it was revealed to be Hornswoggle. That was the weirdest moment I've ever seen on TV. Today, we have some, we also have a couple of birthdays right here. First off, happy 45th birthday former United States Intercontinental and Tag Team Champion Shelton Benjamin. And today is also an MLD would love to probably send this man a present. Also a very happy 61st birthday to Kevin Scott Nash. And here's a little bit of history on him. He was born on July, July 9th, 1959 in Southwest Detroit, Michigan. At the age of eight, he lost his father on April 4th, 1968. Similar to the death of Martin Luther King and where he was shot, but in his case, it was a heart attack. On December 27, 1994, while he was the WWF champion, his mother died after a four-year battle against breast cancer. He attended Aquinas High School, followed by the University of Tennessee, where he majored in psychology and minored in educational philosophy. At the University of Tennessee, Nash was the center for the Tennessee Volunteers basketball team. <clears throat> he remained on the team from 1977 to 1980, during which time the team made to the NCAA Sweet 16. Nash would move to Europe, playing basketball professionally for various teams. His career ended in 1981 in Germany. With basketball career over, he enlisted. <clears throat> excuse me. He enlisted in the 202nd Military Police Company in Gresson, Germany, 
and served in a secure NATO facility for two years, during which time he was promoted to the rank of specialist. After working on an assembly line of Ford Motor Company and as the floor manager of a strip club in Atlanta, he decided to try professional wrestling. Nash debuted in WCW as the Orange Mohawk Steel, one half of the tag team known as the Master Blasters. He partnered with Master Blaster Iron on September 5, 1990, defeating the team of Brad Armstrong and Tim Horner. Nash's partner, Iron, would be replaced by Blade. Uh, Nash would, however, have his first singles match on September 28, 1990, defeating Tom Zink at Halloween Havoc on October 27, 1990. The Blasters scored another victory and moved up the WCW Tag Team ranking ratings. Their winning streak would end on November 22, 1990, when Tom Zink and Brian Pillman handed them their first defeat with Pillman pinning Blade. They would be squashed by the Steiner Brothers on February 2nd, 1991 on Worldwide. Nash would then re be rebranded simply as simply the Master Blaster in February of 1991. A week later, he would become Oz, squashing several wrestlers until losing to Ron Simmons on July 14th, 1991 at the Great American Bash. The Oz gimmick would also be scrapped. And he would be known as Vinny Vegas on January 21st, 1992. Vegas would be re recruited into a half ton of Holy Hell, which included Big Van Vader and Mr. Hughes. But he slowly got out of the group and would join the Diamond Mine, which would be consisted of by DDP, the Diamond Stud, and Scotty Flamingo. Page and Vegas began teaming together as the Vegas Connection. The tag team would split in late 1992 after Page would be fired by Bill Watts. In 1993, Nash would leave WCW to depart for the WWF, where he became Shawn Michaels' bodyguard and where he helped Michaels win his second IC title over Marty Jannetty. Nash grew long hair, taking on the appearance of a cocky biker thug from Detroit and also sporting uh, black sunglasses and leather garments. Diesel would assist Michaels in his successful intercontinental title defenses. 1994 would be different for Diesel. On January 22, 1994, after helping him to defeat The Undertaker in the casket match for the belt at the Royal Rumble, Diesel reappeared at the Royal Rumble in a 30-man Royal Rumble match, eliminating seven men, including Bart Gunn, Owen Hart, Scott Steiner, Virgil, Quang, Bob Backlund, and Billy Gunn, until he was eliminated in 18 minutes. After Razor Ramon's speed was shown, Diesel would be the next to challenge Razor, and he would defeat Razor to win the IC title on April 30, 1994. Diesel would hold the title for four months and wound up challenging Bret Hart on June 19, 1994 at the King of the Ring, with Diesel winning by DQ because of interference from Jim Neidhart. Diesel and Sean would then win the tag team titles in August of 94 over the Head Shrinkers. The next night at SummerSlam, Diesel will drop the IC title due to, a, to an accidental super kick on Michaels, and that would allow Razor Ramon to win back the title. At the 1994 Survivor Series, the problem between Diesel and Sean grew once more, with Sean once again super kicking Diesel accidentally, making Diesel angry, turning Diesel face in the process, and causing his entire team to be counted out. On November 26, 1994, at Madison Square Garden, Diesel captured the title and a record setting eight seconds against Bob Backlund. It was the first time since 1984 that the title changed hands at an MSG live event. 
and since then it's been the last. Diesel's championship reign kicked off in 1995 with a title defense against Bret Hart at the 95 Royal Rumble. But the match was ruled a draw when Shawn Michaels and others jumped on Diesel and Bret Hart. The same night, Shawn won the Royal Rumble as at, the, at the number one entry, eliminating the number two entry, British Bulldog, and thus challenging Diesel for the title at WrestleMania 11. Diesel would be accompanied by Pamela Anderson, who was originally supposed to violate for Michaels since Michaels won the 95 Royal Rumble. Diesel would retain the title over Michaels at WrestleMania 11, and would leave with both Pamela Anderson and Jenny McCarthy. That was a that was a big time prize right there. Diesel would then feud with Michael's former bodyguard Psycho Sid after Sid had attacked Michaels and Diesel. And Diesel and Michaels would reunite as a team. He would defend the title against Psycho Sid at the first in your house on May 14, 1995, and also, of course, on July 23, 1995, in the lumberjack match. Also had a successful title advance against King Mabel at the 1995 SummerSlam. On September 24, 1995, Diesel and Michaels let's see, uh, recaptured the tag team titles, defeating Owen Hart and Yokozuna. But they would be stripped of the titles because Owen Hart was replaced by Davey Boy Smith because Owen's wife at the time was giving birth. So once again, Diesel and Sean would be stripped of the belts at the 1995 Survivor Series. Diesel would lose the title to Bret Hart and go on to a full heel turn, feuding with The Undertaker at the 1996 Royal Rumble. He would cost The Undertaker the title and then turn on his friend Shawn Michaels at MSG. At WrestleMania 12, Diesel would lose, would lose to The Undertaker and would also lose in April to Shawn Michaels. Shortly before WrestleMania, WCW was offering large amounts of money to the WWF's talent by Eric Bischoff. Bischoff has succeeded in convincing several high-profile WWF stars to sign with WCW over the previous two years, of course, including Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. On May 19, 1996, Diesel would wrestle his final WWF match against Shawn Michaels. The two, alongside Razor Ramon and Hunter Hearst Helmsley, did a curtain call. They were, they were a group of off-screen friends known as The Click. On June 10, 1996, Nash returned to WCW as he and Scott Hall confronted Eric Bischoff at the Great American Bash. Hall and Nash attacked Bischoff and at Bash of the Beach. They would fight the team of Lex Luger, Sting, and Randy Savage, with Hulk Hogan becoming the third man and declaring themselves the NWO of wrestling. Nash and Hall would win the WCW World Tag Team titles in 96 and 97 with the NWO. They would, however, distinguish themselves from the rest of the NWO calling themselves the Wolfpack. Nash had his first big WC, WCW feud in 1998 when he wrestled the Giant at Sold Out. Nash delivered a botched powerbomb to the Giant, sparking J.J. Dillon to ban the powerbomb hold. Nash would refuse to heed the warnings by powerbombing his opponents and wind up getting disqualified and thus being arrested. The powerbomb would be reinstated in spring of 1998. Afterwards, Nash would break away from Hogan's NWO and form an NWO of his own, of course, the NWO Wolfpack. Nash would have Savage, Kurt Henning, and Conan in his alliance. The Henning would rejoin the NWO Hollywood faction shortly after. And also, Scott Hall would leave Kevin Nash as well. The NWO Wolfpack consisted of Lex Luger, Sting, Conan, and Randy Savage. 
On December 27, 1998, Nash captured the WWE title of Starcade over Goldberg. He would drop the title eight days later to Hogan in the infamous Finger Poke of Doom, reforming the NWO once again. But the NWO would split in the spring of 1999 with Hogan being injured and Nash turning face once again. In May of 1999, Nash recaptured the WCW world title over DDP, but dropped the title to Randy Savage at Bash at the Beach. Uh, and would lose a retirement match to the returning Hulk Hogan at Road Wild for the title in August of 1999. But of course, the retirement didn't stick. He reformed his partnership with Scott Hall by recapturing the WCW tag team titles once more. <coughs> mm, excuse me. Nash, Hall, Jarrett, and Bret Hart would form a temporary group called NWO 2000. But it would end with Brett suffering an injury and Nash would turn face once again in the New Blood era, winning the World Heavyweight title over Jeff Jarrett. On August 28, 2000, he would recapture the WCW title once again over Booker T, but would lose it to Booker at Fall Brawl in a steel cage match. He reformed his partnership with DDP in November of 2000, winning the WCW tag team titles over the perfect event. But they would be stripped by Mike Sanders, but regained them back, only to lose them again in 2001 to the Natural Born Thrillers. Nash would lose another retirement match to Scott Steiner at Super Brawl on February 18, 2001, the day that Dale Earnhardt. Nash would choose to wait out the remainder of his contract after WCW and Time Warner split on December 31st, 2001. Nash returned to the WWF with Hall and Hogan as part of the 1996 reformed NWO and where their targets were, of course, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. But Hogan quickly left the group to make a rebirth to Hulk. Make a rebirth to Hulkamania. Nash and Hall would make rare wrestling appearance matches. Wrestling appearances and matches. Nash's last match in March before injury was when he teamed with Scott Hall and X-Pac to take on The Rock, Hulk Hogan, and Kane on March 28, 2002.
before Nash went down with an injury. Nash would suffer a biceps injury, but he, of course, would become the leader of the NWO. Bringing Booker T, Big Show, and his best friend, Shawn Michaels, into the group. On July 8, 2002, Nash returned to the ring, but he suffered a quadriceps tear in a 10-man tag team match. The week after the NWO, the week afterwards, the NWO was officially disbanded by Vince McMahon, with Eric Bischoff becoming the new Raw general manager. Nash returned to Raw in April of 2003 to feud with Triple H after the way he saw Triple H and Sean fight each other. At Backlash, Triple H's team won against Kevin Nash's team with the game using the sledgehammer to defeat Kevin Nash. At Judgment Day, the two battle for the World Heavyweight title with Triple H losing by DQ over Nash. But the game would retain the title of Bad Blood in a Hell in a Cell match. Nash would then have a feud with Chris Jericho, with Jericho defeating him in a hair versus hair match. <clears throat> Nash's last match would be at SummerSlam 2003 in the second elimination chamber where when he was eliminated by Jericho. Nash would debut in TNA in 2004 with Scott Hall at Victory Road, also forming an alliance with Jeff Jarrett. But the alliance wouldn't last long. Temporarily, Nash would then feud with Jarrett in 2005, but he was removed from lockdown after he had contracted a staph infection. He would return in October to restart his feud with Jarrett for the TNA title, but he would be removed again, this time due to chest pains. Nash would then return once more from TNA to join the Paparazzi Productions with Alex Shelley. He would, <coughs> excuse me. He would continue to make more TNA storylines by feeding with Kurt Angle for the TNA World Heavyweight Title and also giving some advice to Samoa Joe. In 2008, Nash would then join the main event Mafia and captured the Legends title, defeating AJ Styles at Victory Road. 
and also defeated Mick Foley at Hard Justice, but he would lose the title to Eric Young. Nash then reformed his alliance with Scott Hall and X-Pac with the group, of course, reformed in 2010 and trying to get Hogan with them. Hogan stated that he, that this was a new era. Nash and Hall would capture the TNA World Tag Team titles in May of 2010. Over, over Matt Morgan, but the band would be stripped of the tag team titles due to Hall's real-life legal problems. Nash formed an alliance with Sting in his final TNA moments in 2010. In October 2010, Nash would leave TNA and return to the WWE in 2011. As a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble match, reforming Diesel, but he, of course, was had it was eliminated by Wade Barrett. Nashua didn't make more appearances feuding with CM Punk and his former buddy Triple H. Nashua would lose to Triple H at TLC in a sledgehammer on a pole match. Nashua would continue to make some NXT appearances in 2012-2013. Also, by of course, attacking Heath Slater and also reuniting with some of the members of the clique. Nash would be awarded an honorary would be awarded an honorary member of the DX stable. He competed in the 2014 Royal Rumble's number 14th entrance, eliminating Jack Swagger. He would eventually be eliminated by Roman Reigns. He would induct Scott Hall months later into the Hall of Fame and would appear on August 11, 2014 to reunite the NWO on Hulk Hogan's birthday. Nash would be suspended by WWE on Christmas Eve when he attacked his son on a from a over a domestic dispute, but he, he, he was reinstated when the charges were, when the charges were dropped. On January 19, 2015, he, X Pac, and Scott Hall returned to reunite the NWO along with the APA and the New Age Outlaws as they took down the Ascension. That was a great moment. <laughs> At WrestleMania 31, they played a big part in the Triple H Sting match. 
fighting off degeneration X. Nash returned to WWE for the Raw reunion on July 22, 2019, and on December 9, 2019. It was announced that Nash would be inducted for a second time as a member of the NWO, of course, was uh, into the course of the Hall of Fame here with uh, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, and Sean Waltman. And John is checking to see if we have any non-wrestling histories and birthdays to report. And we should be hearing momentarily, ladies and gentlemen, from the Iceman, Jerry DiGiromo, to get us up to date with some wrestling news tidbits that, of course, are, I'm sure, making the waves right now. And we do appreciate his patience. Let us get this, of course, completed so we can go ahead and get to his his items here next. And then, of course, coming up right after that, we will, of course, have JD and JD Mint and Justin um, come up and talk about come out and talk about, of course, what happened with both AEW's with night two of AEW's Spider Fest and NXT's The Great American Bash. On his date in 1776, George Washington orders the Declaration of Independence to be read out to members of the Continental Army in Manhattan, while thousands of British troops on Staten Island prepare for the Battle of Long Island. On his date in 1969, Tom Seaver's no-hit bid against the Cubs ends with one out in the ninth. And John has some birthdays to report there as well. Also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, keep in mind a little bit later on here, uh, of course, we did find out later that the ice manager, Gijarama, was born without a penis. <laughs> okay. yeah. TMI. No, just... I did not need to image that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just kidding anyway. So, so. Oh, yes. Uh, I did read about this. It was happy 64th birthday to a very terrific actor, Tom Hanks. Happy birthday. We filmed, of course, some unforgettable movies in the 90s, of course, including Forrest Gump in 1994, and of course, did the voice of Woody in Toy Story in 1995. And JD may have played with some of those Toy Story dolls, but he never played with the Woody. Okay, that was terrible. Yeah. 
Happy 73rd birthday to O.J. Simpson, who was acquitted of the 1994 murders, but was released in, uh, in October 1995. And John said that's all he's got for the history and birthday series for today. John, we thank you very much there, sir. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I do believe we have him get ready to come on here right now. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. He is a 2015, 17, and 2020 WWS Hall of Famer. He's also, of course, another part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here, <coughs> of course, on TalkShoe.com. And, and, of course, last night uh, has decided that he will opt for a future AEWS Dynamite um, title match sometime down the road. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, of course. Here he is. We know him as the Iceman. And, of course, we know his real name is Jared DiGiromo. But, of course, we also know him simply as J.D. Bullard, J.D. Yes, Bullard, yeah. here. Yeah, J.D. And yes, Howard, wouldn't you like to know how our, if I had Woody? I was watching that episode. Shut up, J.D. Yes. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, let's see what J.D. has in our wrestling news and news here for tonight. Please, J.D., okay. go ahead. First off, we also want to wish happy 45th birthday to Sheldon Benjamin. Happy 60th birthday to Mark Marrow. Happy 54th birthday, Howard, to Tom Brady, formerly South Sincere, and also former WCWS uh, PN News. Uh, the Rob Master. Meanwhile, here is the news. Linda McMahon's mother, Evelyn Edwards, however, Stephanie McMahon's grandmother, passed away last week at the age of 93. Stephanie said the following earlier today on Twitter. Last week, my 93-year-old grandmother passed peacefully, surrounded by people who love her. One of the last things she said to me was, let there be love. Love is what heals us all. If anyone is hurting and struggling, I send my love to you. Hashtag RIP, Mima. Thank you for everything. Love. Indeed, our thoughts and prayers are with Stephanie's family. Meanwhile, Howard, WWE performer Lana, as we reported last night, Howard, announced that her mother has tested positive for the COVID-19 and is in an intensive care unit. She also noted her mother has asthmatic. Lana followed up by announcing that her father also tested positive for the virus. Didn't believe her. Hey. Meanwhile, Howard, in other news, however, the viewership of Night 1 and Night 2 was very interesting, and NXT, for the second time in two weeks, won the Wednesday Night War and for the third week in a row. They finished 24th in the 1849 demographic hour with 759,000 viewers. NXT, however, who had 748 last week, dropped to 715. So by 44,000 viewers, however, NXT definitely was the big winner of the night, however, mind you. You know, Tony Khan commented on the AEW television and said, had an interesting comment said the following today. If anyone thinks I consider being a top seven show on cable anything but a huge win, they're incorrect. A win in the demo is a win in the business, however, and this is a business. I know the industry, however, wasn't talking about the demo as much as 20 years ago, but it's what drives our revenue today. Meanwhile, congratulations to Street Member Profits member Angelo Dawkins, who is a father, having welcomed his first child into the world today. Dawkins posted on Twitter that his wife gave birth this morning, posting several pictures, however, as you can see below. Meanwhile, however, in other news, in the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer also revealed that Conan's mother passed away, however, two weeks ago after being diagnosed with COVID-19. Meltzer said that Conan told him the tragic news personally, however, but he didn't reveal the news publicly and is only telling those close to him at this time. Meanwhile, it was previously reported that Randy Orton had been pitching matches with Adam Cole, Tommaso Chiappa, 
or another NXT wrestler for SummerSlam. However, Russell Talk now reports that Orton is set to be the next challenger for WWE Champion Drew McIntyre at the annual Summer event. It is believed that Orton is needed for the match with McIntyre because of the lack of top heels on the Raw brand. However, this does not mean that a match with Chiappa won't happen as WWE could simply for- move forward with, a, with it at a later date. However, uh, Let's see, some other news report. Yes, however. On main event this week, uh, let's see, our, on NXT this week, Howard's review, Howard, the best of NXT, these were the matches you saw. Walter took on Kushida, Tony Storm taking on a Japanese wrestler, Miko Satomura, and also Pete Dunne took on Zach Gibson. And finally, however, just when we thought, however, it couldn't get any more crazier in the world of college football, it has, however. The Big Ten Conference has announced this year, however, it will be going to a conference-only model for this year, however, for all fall sports, including football, during this mid-unprecedented times. They are the first of the five power conferences to make this type of major change to its fall sport. The SEC said today continues to meet with campus leaders to determine the best path forward for fall sports. And Big Ten 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said in a statement that he has been advised to, quote, move ahead slowly and plan for all available scenarios. Meanwhile, the ACC has already said it will delay all fall sports until at least the first day of September. Now, the games that were supposed to happen in non-conference play include Michigan-Washington, Ohio State at Oregon, Penn State at Virginia Tech, Appalachian State at Wisconsin, Miami at Michigan State, and Wisconsin at Notre Dame have all been wiped out for this year. My you also forgot that um, both of Lana's parents are in the hospital with the COVID. I, I, mean, I did mention that. I did mention that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, Of course, JD. Of course, JD, along with King W.O. Gerard T. Smith is King Ice. Your 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team to bring you all the news that's fit to print here in the WS Radio Network. And of course, if the news doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. And of course, in GTS's case, Super Blue and Duck Cake, you cannot beat them. Combination, nor would we, nor would we ever, ever, never even tried to do so for the last five years. <laughs> uh, John, thank you very much for the history and birthdays there as well. Sir, we do appreciate that. Uh, it is now 10 15, thank you. It is now 10:15 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, July 9, 2020. Episode 262 of NWO Wolfpack. Uh, Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw, along with the Ice Manager Dijuolmo, the Human Suplex Machine John Gross, uh, the Key Clubs Mitt Patel, and also the Soul Man Justin Lewis Fleming, of course, here is here with us here tonight. Uh, let's go ahead and get started here. I will, of course, uh, like I said, John does have his thoughts about what happened last night. I will be unmuting Justin momentarily. Uh, J.D., you, Mint, and Justin will, of course, take the floor after I read John's thoughts uh, about what you thought about night two of both shows here. And I'm just going to sit back and just listen but while, uh, while you take care of that. Anyway, uh, John says... John says right here, AEW and NXT were both awesome shows. John says he was a little disappointed in AEW because they had they had Jericho versus Cassidy in the main event. So that was his first. That was his thoughts about that. Let's go ahead and of course now let's go ahead first off now and go ahead and bring 
the soul man in here of course he's been waiting patiently of course without any sound he's here but uh but uh, he's just instead of saving the fingers here he don't have to do any more typing let's just go ahead and of course bring him on here as well uh justin sir we welcome you to the thank you thank you thank you very much uh but but i will go ahead if i may as i as i stated before of course, night two of both AEW Fighter Fest and NXT's Grand American Bash brought out some pretty, some pretty uh, interesting uh, wrestling action here. And you are going to tonight, Justin, to have the opportunity to join the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and the King of Clubs, Mitt Patel, in discussing that. And you all will have a roundtable right here as you will take the floor on Wolfpack here tonight to give your personal thoughts and opinions here. Of course, like I said, I agree to disagree here and there. Um, like I said, whatever point, part y'all wish to bring up, y'all go ahead and do so. I'm going to sit back and just enjoy listening to everything because that's what this show is all about. It's here to get your, your, for it's here to bring great discussions, uh, big time talk here and there and there. And, and that's what we want to see. So JD, Mitt and Justin, I now leave the floor in your hands here as of course the topic of discussion tonight is night two from last night of AEW Fighter Fest and the NXT Great American Bash. Gentlemen, you may go ahead and take right here if you need to ask any questions. Go ahead, please. Okay. Uh, let Justin go first. Yep, I think it's fair. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, no, uh, but, all right. Um, last night I was not ha happy about um, NXT because lost because uh, Mia Yim lost to Candice LeRae. You know, I think um, they, they, WWE is going to do this. They're going to push, put, um, push, push um, Candice LeRae to give the opportunity, not Mia Yim. You know what? I, I don't think she'll she'll ever be the next NXT Women's Champion. But you know what? If she if if uh, if she if she gets buried, if she gets buried in NXT, she can quit WWE and go back to Impact Wrestling as Jay, or go back to AEW, or go or go to AEW, or she can join Ring of Honor. Okay, um, gentlemen, anything you wish to, anybody wish to make a statement on that? Eddie, you go. Oh, oh okay. Um, as far as NXT goes, I mean, you had a great main event, however. You had a very interesting opener. I will agree with Justin about the Mia Yim situation. I think Kansas getting a win was a fluke. I mean, Mia should have won this match. Now, next week, we're going to see uh possibly uh an interesting women's match however, between Tegan Knox and Io Shirai. Also we saw the debut of Mercedes Martinez. Uh Bronson Reed of course squashed uh Tony Nice and of course we saw uh Santos Escobar and his uh goon squad, if you will, of Raul Mendoza and Juan King Wildby Brizongo and uh their uh third guy, if you will, Maverick. 
Drake Maverick. Uh, NXT was a good show. I was really surprised the last two weeks they absolutely cleaned East and AEW's clock. And as far as AEW goes, I thought it was pretty good. I do think they screwed up, though. However, I mean, really, in all honesty, by putting the tag match first, you could have done the Jericho Cassie match right out of the gate. It would have made sense. The eight-person tag was really good, too. Uh, we now, apparently, are saying, hearing that Nyla Rose now has a new manager or someone that trusts her. The question is, who could it be? I've heard a lot of people have different takes on it today, um, anywhere from Gail Kim possibly to Jake the Snake Robertson to Miss Excuse Me Yourself, and I hope that, dear God, she does not come back to wrestling Vicky Guerrero, but I'm thinking it's a possibility. Uh, Cassidy and Jericho wasn't too bad, though. Uh, I wasn't surprised that Jericho did win, however, the finish was really hokey. Uh, the eight-person tag was really good. I did like that. And then, talking about old school, however, let's talk about Taz bringing back the um, FTW belt to give it to Brian Cage. That was a little surprising. I mean, that thing's been in hiding for 20-plus years. But no, AEW screwed up this week, I think. A lot of people will agree with me. I know Justin and I talked about this today. Min and I talked about this, too. I think they really screwed oh, it up here. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh J- um, J.D., you know that, yes. um, that, that belt, the FTW belt? That's yes. kind of a resemblance of the 24-7 belt from, 20, um, from WWE. Yeah, it does look like it. You're right. You're 100% right. I agree with you. Yes. You're exactly right. I agree with you. No doubt. Yes, it does look like the 24-7 belt. You're right. Um, but yeah, AEW screwed this up. I mean, they could have had the tag match go up against Lee and Cole, and they would have had people going back and forth about the commercials. But instead, they put it first, and then you put the street fight first, however. So it was tough to see which one the fans were more interested in. However, I mean, both were good. Don't get me wrong. But again, AEW kind of blew it here. And they could have just really changed everything up. But next week, however, we got Fight for the Fall. we got Cage and now Moxley. we got some good matches coming up next week, obviously. However, Cody will be defending his TNT belt questions against who. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, the whole Britt Baker thing, I'm getting tired of seeing that nebby stupid bitch on my television every freaking week. She's like Charlotte Flair more and more. She thinks, oh, I mean, everyone should bow down and kiss her feet. We saw what Big Swole did. Uh, but better than Charlotte. But she is better than Charlotte. I will agree there. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with you there. Definitely. You know, because she's... That's something WWE don't do. She's great yeah. looking, but yet she knows how to talk and wrestle. Yeah. And talking about uh, yeah, that real quick, and, and we've talked about this before. I mean, we've heard uh, some scuttlebutt saying possibly maybe at ex- maybe after Extreme Rules, if not by SummerSlam, we could see the debut of Tessa Blanchard. I hope they take their time with her very slowly and carefully and not really rushing her into a program right away fast, like saying, oh, we calling up Charlotte and saying, oh, we need you back by Survivor Series. We need you back by the Royal Rumble. No. You start next January. You start teasing it. And if, like we've talked about before, if you want a big marquee match, if you're still going to do WrestleMania in California, if things are back to normal by then, and if they want a really Hollywood five-star classic women's match, that would tear down the city of L.A., no pun intended. It would be Tessa and Charlotte. It would be perfect. But knowing Vince, he'll screw it up, and he'll be done and Pritchard doing it too. So they're going to really fast-track her and just find a way to just really burn her. And I mean, really do the unthinkable and just make her look like a fool. And that's just bogus, if you ask me. 
Now, obviously, coming up on Monday night, this Monday, we got Boyley and uh, the somewhat Smurf, as I call her, the blue-haired little whiny little Sasha Banks against Oscar and Carly Zane, but... La, 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 But we've been hearing a lot about Kari Zane the last few weeks. I mean, everyone's saying, oh, this is Kari Zane's last week. I mean, she's going back to Japan to be with her husband and kid and her whole family. And then there's other reports saying, oh, she may have just re-signed with WWE. She's staying with the WWE. She's not going back to Japan. I mean, somebody please tell me what the real story is here? Is she staying? Is she going? We don't know. But yeah, getting back to uh, Firefest, however, or the uh, Firefest, it wasn't a bad show. It was pretty good in some doses. Uh, Lance Archer continues to show. Uh, really, he is a maniac, no doubt about it. Although I got to give Joey Janela some credit, how he he really did not really end up uh, jobbing out in quick succession. He he fought him tooth and nail. And then, of course, we have everyone's favorite, the Dark Gimp Order of Pulp Fiction. Mr. Brody Lee, the exalted one, Vince McMahon 2.0, and his buddy Boom Boom Cole Cabana. And, of course, his other friends, Evil Car Planer and Stu, don't call me Dick Grayson, however, Burt Ward, as uh, JR even called him that last night, and finally got it from me, apparently, taking on SCU. I was Holy really moly, Batman! Yes. I was surprised. Holy moly, Batman! Holy, holy, holy Joker. Metal, Batman. Yes. Uh, SCU gave it a good effort. I will give him that. Scorpio Kazarian and uh, uh, Daniels did put up a good fight. But in the end, the Dark Order came up uh, a little short. But you had a pretty good night. It wasn't like last week where you had a lot of great tag matches. I mean, you had a couple good tag matches, obviously, last night. Of course, this was one of them. And, of course, the opener was good, too. And, of course, the other one that was really good was the FTR. Uh, Butcher Blade, eight-person tag, which was very entertaining, like I said. But yeah, AEW really slipped and really fumbled the ball the last, have been really having a tough time holding on to the ball the last three weeks, especially these two weeks where they could have really picked up a lot of more viewers. But uh, now that um, Firefest is over, they're going back to fight for the ball, and uh, hopefully they don't keep sliding down the board, because they really, uh, start, I mean, they're still putting on good shows, but the viewership is really taking a hit the last three weeks, and NXT has just been catching yeah. oh, JD? very much big luck the last three weeks. Yeah. When you get done talking, I want to say some about um I got some other wrestling history birthdays and what and bad and, and um what what about the uh Bash the Beach 2000 Vince Russo incident? Oh yeah, finished. that's one thing we definitely oh, the three of us have definitely got to talk about tonight. And we also got to talk about the thing that we kind of talked about on Tuesday night and. Min and I talked about this too, and we're all going to have to get into this discussion too, if it's okay with Chad, about the Bash of the Beach 96 incident with Hogan joining the NWO. But yeah, next week I think AEW has to get back on top. They, they really, the last three weeks, have really had a tough time. Uh, like I said, I mean, last, I mean, they lose by 40,000 people this week, which is a big, I wouldn't say that big of a hit, but it kind of was a big hit considering the fact, like I said, you had Jericho and Cassidy be their main event going up against two of the best of NXT and Lee and Cole. So, yeah, Khan really kind of had a tough time this week getting people to watch uh, his programming, however. But, like I said, I think they really screwed up in their booking this week. Hopefully next week they get after this three-week slump, they don't continue to keep dropping and start falling apart now because this is the time not to fall apart, however. I mean, this is not a good time to start falling apart by any means. So, hopefully we'll see what happens. But, yeah, NXT the last three weeks has somehow... Somehow, some way, found some luck on their side, however, and been successful. But uh, 
I've, I've said the last couple weeks, I mean, this was pretty much their whole season, and they've been very lucky the last couple weeks how they've uh, barely beaten NXT, but now, uh, AEW. But now, let's see if AEW can uh, dust themselves off and get back on the field and just uh, start running again towards the goal, because the last three weeks, are they haven't been able to uh, finally get the uh, final, uh, let's just say, playoff in time, Howard, and NXT has just been able to hold on and hold serve. So we'll see what happens next week at Fight for the Fall. It should be pretty good. And now I am done. Okay, by the way, Justin, about the Bash of the Beach 2000 thing, I had already mentioned that too. John had mentioned it in his history and birthdays earlier. Yeah, I know. I, I, yeah, I had already mentioned something about about that. And of course, obviously, they yep. didn't actually settle that lawsuit that him, that Hogan and Russo had until 2005. That found kind of yeah, I, yeah. You know what? You know what about the about what I want to say about that? I think um, I think uh, Hogan, I think Vince Russo. In my opinion, he needs to. Sh- I know, and I, and I know JD's gonna agree with this with me on this one. I know, I know. In my opinion, I think Vince Russo needs to just uh, just shut the hell up. In my opinion, yeah. Because what Ooh. Hogan said, what Hogan, what Hogan said was one hundred percent true. What, he, what Hogan said was one hundred percent true. It was his because it was Vince Russo's idea. It was Vince Russo's idea in the first place. And Russo, he's the main reason why WCW is out of business. And if it wasn't for Russo. WCW wouldn't invaded the WWE with ECW. And he was too too freaking stupid to tell Jared to lie down in the ring so that Hogan can pin him for Hogan to be the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. And every and Hogan had every right to beat WCW. And Vince Russo is a mofo. And this is the same this is the same way WWE is now. The problem, I'll agree with you there, Justin, and Mitt, hold on, I'll get your thoughts, it's okay, Chad, we'll get Mitt's thoughts too. The thing with Russo is he thought when he left WCW, or WWE, to go to WCW in the fall of 99 with Farrar and with Jerry going back to WCW, they were going to be like writing Jerry Springer as TV. I'm sorry, this is a company that was owned by Ted Turner and before that Jimmy Crockett Sr., okay? You're stepping into the lines then, and yeah, you're basically trying to turn around an organization who up until that point, how was getting beat. They had never been beaten this badly. They were the ones giving the beans for two years straight. Now he figures, okay, I'll bring Jeff Jarrett back into WCW. I'll bring my chosen one, the one who basically had a problem with Stone Cold Steve Austin, however, everything like that, and I'll push him to the top of the card, however, against guys like Hogan, Nash, against guys like Flair, and it's like, meanwhile, okay, why don't you suck his ass a little bit, however, like you did, however, towards the latter few weeks in WCW, or WWE, and then, oh yeah, he comes in, however, he's working with, uh, what was it, uh, China, and No Mercy, the next night, 24 hours later, he's free and clear, he jumps ship. I mean, this isn't like like Sluger, who did it within a week. This is 24 short hours later after a pay-per-view in Cleveland. He's on Nitro the next night in Philadelphia, and then six days later, he's working his first show with Ferrar in Vegas with Hogan and telling Hogan to go out there and lie down in the center of the ring against Sting at Halloween Havoc. I don't get it. And then a few months later, okay, well, Benoit Jared fight, but then, oh, yeah, I'll get, we'll start the new decade off and the new millennium off by having uh, Tank Abbott, however, 
win the battle world, but at the same time, however, guess what, however? We think that's going to be best for business. You got fired. You went home for three months, and then what happened during that time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kevin Sullivan stepped in working with Bill Bush, J.J. Dillon, Terry Taylor, Mike Graham, and the whole damn front office of WCW, and you let Benoit and those guys walk out the damn door and go to Vince. Whose fault was that? You tell me whose fault was that then. It's Russo. Yes, and speaking of Russo, and this is funny too, Justin, I didn't tell you this one. Uh, today, he talked about this on his podcast, how eight hours ago, he recalled the Bash in the Beach, and he did a podcast mm. this afternoon on the 20-year anniversary of it. It was an hour and a half long. I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, his show, The Brain and Truthful Consequences, some of it's good, but sometimes it just makes me cringe. I mean, it made me even cringe when he was on Dark Side of the Ring this year, and some of the episodes he talked about the whole brawl fall thing. It's like, Oh, it wasn't my fault that Dr. Death Steve Williams got hurt out in WWE in the Brawl Fall. Bullshit! Yes, it was! Even Jim Cornette said it! And of course, some people even blame Russo and a couple other people for what happened to Owen Hart back in 1999. So, it go. was! I'm sorry to say it was! I've said it before! I'll keep on saying it to my dying day! It was his fault! It was definitely one of his faults, but that's just me, but... Let's see what Mitt has why, would, why, why would Kevin Nash say in a shoot thing, JD, you might know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That I remember when he was doing this little game in which, you know, that the, that the host would name a wrestler and you'd tell him whether or not he, he was cool or if he was a dick. And the guy mentioned Vince Russo. Uh, Kevin Nash said he was a cool guy, but he was just simply misunderstood. Yeah. This is Nash doing this. This is yeah. I mean, well, let's see what Mitt has to say, and then I have a clip that you guys are going to be interested in hearing about Russo because Russo talked about this with Sean Oliver uh, and the Kayfabe commentator you know, from Kayfabe commentators. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the guy. Yeah, right I'm going to play this. I'm going to play a little bit of the video that he said in the interview with Sean. Oliver. He did this interview, and I I was going to get this DVD, but I have listened to this interview numerous times, and you're all going to be amazed when you. Hear it. <laughs> But let's see what Justin or Mitt has to say, and I'll play the clip for you guys, and I'll want to hear your feedback afterwards. Mitt, Mitt go ahead and uh, let's, let's hear your take. Since when did I became Justin? Huh? Um. No, JD called me Justin, and I'm like, oh, I, did I, became I know. I, I, I was. I, I've been. I've been screwing up lately, like names, like crazy. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh. I haven't had my cup of coffee yet. Sorry. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. That's no excuse. You're bossing more than St. Carl broke your damn hand. Mm. Very true. Good point. Yeah, I think um, he's got to switch words. That's what he's got to do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, both shows was pretty good. They should have kept, for AEW, they should have kept the Cajun Moxley match, in my opinion. But I understand why they pulled it. For Fight Auto Poland, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's why they were hurt. They don't know how to, no offense to AEW, you don't know how to strategize against NST when it, after they announced the big match for the following week. That's something they need to work on. 
And that's no. what I had to say. Yeah. But I give NXT the edge this week. NXT has been kind of really been on the nibbling on the AEW's heels here. Right? So. Yeah, I'm down and I, but yeah, I think. Is, but a part of his both creative team of both um, brand. Oh, so as a company, it's like nobody's on the same page about certain wrestlers and all. Right. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. Justin, did you see my post earlier? Wait, well, which post? Did you hear that Mickey James is going to run for president? Wait a minute, Mickey, Mickey James, the, 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 the women's wrestler? Yes, it's on her official Mickey James Facebook page saying she's running for office. Whoopie do. Wow. Yep, she's going to have Sorry. a stripper pole put in her office and she's going to wear a bathing suit all the time. Every time she makes a suit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, country music blaring in the Oval Office, too, because she's. He's hip that way, let's just say, which is a good thing. Let me say this. Mickey James, I respect you as a person, a wrestler, and a mom, and a wife to Nick Aldis. But I will not vote for you when it's time to vote. I'm sorry. We don't need no more precedent. With no experience, with go, with no governmental experience at all. The president. <laughs> we have That's like Kanye. The, That's like Kanye's doing that too. Kanye's doing the same damn thing almost in a way. Because the president we have now is only only got the presidency because of celebrity status, nothing else. Yep. The president is a hypocrite. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're a bit. You know, Donald Trump is Donald Trump is 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 a joke. Yeah, look of what course. he said today. When, look what he said today when they were spray painting the thing outside Trump Tower with the with the uh, words they were doing like a, like a painting or a mural outside the building today in New York City. He called it a joke and totally insensitive. Give me a break. Yeah, and he wanted to ban TikTok. Oh. Well, I heard that, but I also heard another thing he wants to ban yeah. too is public funding for all schools, which which makes me sick. It makes me sick. Yeah, the pro- problem I have with the damn fucking president yeah. that he's using this as a business. Not and I, and I also and I also put there guys that he's dropping Mike Pence as vice president. His new running mate is his toupee. <laughs> well speaking of, well, of Pence, that no good ignoramus, that no no good ignoramus was actually here today. And uh I don't know if anyone I don't know if many people want to see him uh, do his thing, but go figure. But again, every time I mean I hear Pence's name, it's like, okay, why don't you just hold his hand? But meanwhile, I heard what was it? I forget. Some country in Europe, they took down Melania's statue or burned it to the ground. They knocked it down and just set it on fire. Okay. Oh, so so JD, so JD, you telling me that the vice president of the United States, Mike Penis, was there? <laughs> yeah, my penis was here today. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, 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 the uh, the uh, little uh, little little uh, soldier. Let's just say that it's Mike Pence. How? Yeah, showed us his ugly mug here today. Unfortunately, yeah, very bad, very bad, very bad. 
yeah. Well, but uh, I do have, like I said, I do have that clip now that we were talking about, so I'll have that up ready and go in a second here. Doesn't hear it. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, like I said, uh, while you get that prep here, JD, uh, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. A great discussions here on both AEW and Fighter Fest and. and Hey Chad. Hey Chad. Hey Chad. Yeah. Yes. You know who Tom? You know who um Tommy Young is? An old NWA referee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Today's his birthday. He's seventy-three. Touchdown. Jim Crockett Promotions. Uh, there, there was a um, there, there, there was a clip on YouTube. I don't know who uploaded. JD, I don't know if you've seen it or not. But it showed it showed the reason why Tommy Young had to stop being a referee or something. Yeah, I think he was in an accident, got, I believe. Something. They say it was it was during a match or something. Yeah, I think so. I think the one person who would know this uh, answer, and I, I'll try to get, I'll try to get in touch with him, try to get him back on our show at some point. The one who really knew him more than anything, working with him, being in the ring with him, was our good friend Michael Sam Houston. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll yeah, Sam, yeah. Sam, Sam, I know. I think Sam knows. I know Sam knows Tommy real well, and I'll try to get in touch with him. Maybe sometime tomorrow, and see if he can come on tomorrow night, or sometime in the next couple of weeks. We'll have to ask him about that whole Tommy hey, situation. Hey, J, hey, J, JD. Hmm. J, uh, you think um, Sam Houston might be talking about his father, Grizzly Smith, right? Yeah, he's he's Grizzly's son. Yeah, he's Jake. He's Jake the Snake's half brother, Rock and Robin's other brother. Yes, correct. We've had him on a show. Very good friend of ours. Uh, I've had we. I I, I I I stay in touch with him from periodically. Yes, uh, great guy, great guy. That was actually yeah. one of our first big celebrities that we've had on our show. But uh, we had him. We had Gary Michael Capel. We had Sonny Ono, and we also. And I'm trying to get him back on. I know he's been so busy with his schedule. Is the manager? Hey, uh, like no. Down the mill. Was it true that um, Grizzly Smith um, um, molested his children, Jake uh, Roberts and it Robert there's, there's some well, there's some truth about that. I heard uh, in real life how I heard his life was really screwed up. Yeah, in fact, in fact, I'm reading right now here. This is the story right now. This is the accusation of Jake. Jake says this about his father. Uh, apparently, however, Jake talked about it. However, that when his father Jake was born when his father was dating Jake's grandmother, then basically, from according to reports from Jake, raped his 13-year-old daughter. This was standing beyond the map, which Jake was featured. And he said that the two were forced to marry against their wishes and that the resulting emotional trauma is responsible for Jake's substance abuse and his sister's mental health problems. Five years later, his sister married a man 35 years older, and then the man's ex-wife later kidnapped and killed Jake's one sister, tragically. Now, now I will go ahead and say, Justin, if you ever happen to come across any used DVDs that people are selling, what have you, um, like just 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 out of the blue, or if you happen to go on eBay sometimes and look for it, you've got to find the Jake Roberts DVD that they put out in two thousand five. Yeah, called, uh, I, yeah, I heard it. Pick your pick your poison. Yeah. I will get a copy of that. That right there is a good. Is, is it can tell you give you a lot, lot more, a lot more great facts. Of course, Jake himself just the pick your poison. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, they show some of his Mid Atlantic stuff too. Yeah, 
some closer championship yeah. wrestling too. Now, a lot of great old matches in that too, Justin. So you definitely, I'll definitely go check that out. I have that in my yeah, podcast. Yeah, I, I know. I know it has the one with with Jake Roberts um slapping Macho Man's um girlfriend, Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. Also, it has the one where um he, he was in a uh, he teamed up with Tommy Dreamer in ECW. And that was, they also that, have that the one when he had the coal yeah. miners' glove match too. If you remember. Um, let me ask Justin and JD a real quick question. Sorry to interrupt. What was the what the fuck was that about on AEW bringing back the FTW belt? It's I, a rip off. Uh, it's a rip off of the twenty four seven belt. Yeah, I know. Why, the, but what's the point? I don't. I don't know. I think. I think Taz wanted to. Try to uh, maybe uh, give. Uh, I, I'm thinking when he bought it, and yeah, it's a rip off the 24 7 belt. You're right. I also think it was because they figure how are they want to get some hype for the upcoming cage uh, moxie match, which is going to be interesting. But again, think about it, the only two people who ever held that belt back in ECW was Taz and Sabu. Taz was the first, Sabu was after that, and then Taz won it back again a second time. Right. right. Mm-hmm. 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 I have that thing ready to go, by the way. Now it's ready. All right. You want to go ahead and, uh, and, and of course, JD, and of course, uh, JD does have a special clip he wishes to play. So, uh, so, so, so go, so go, so go uh, right ahead, JD. And uh, I said this. Play uh, that this, was, this was from Sean Oliver talking with Vince was about the infamous incident between him and Hogan. And, I think you'll uh, hate Russo even more after what he says. This this was really laughable and just really just, oh, I don't know what to say about it. Judge for yourself, guys. Here it is now. Hulk had a match, and he had a match against Jeff, and I knew in my mind Hogan was going to want to win the belt. And I knew in my mind everybody in that room agreed Bullshit. to be the champion. Booker is going to be. Okay? And my <laughs> philosophy was I don't care if Hulk Hogan looks Come like on. King Kong. I don't care if he puts Jeff in the hospital. I don't care if Steiner doesn't run and he puts Scott in the hospital. I don't care. All I care about is he's not leaving with the belt. That's all I care about. Whatever he's got to do, he can. Uh, we'll send 50 people out for him to kill. He's not leaving with the belt. Okay. So now, <clears throat> I write the, the script. Honey Ace has to present it to Hogan. Okay. Honey Ace presents it to Hogan. Honey <laughs> Ace reports back. Yeah, right. Hogan hates it. Okay, no problem. So I said to myself, "You're not winning the belt." So now I doubled the chaos. And he, he was King Kong. He was going to slay the world, okay? Johnny Ace presents it to him. I get a call back from Johnny Ace. Hogan read the script. He's good with it. We're good to go. This is Friday. It's pay-per-view Sunday. We're good to go. Okay, no problem. Everybody's happy. They have their match. Hulk kills everybody. We get to the end of Jarrett Booker. Okay? That's a damn lie. Walk into the pay-per-view that day. Okay, a couple of hours pass. Okay, Eric comes up to me, <clears throat> Vince. You've got to you you've got to go in the trailer and talk to Hogan. He's not going to do the match. Like, 
Two days ago, I got a call from Johnny Ace that he agreed to do this match. What are you talking about? So now I've got to go into the trailer and talk to Hogan, and I get the old, this doesn't work for me, brother. Okay? I'm like, okay, Hope, what works for you? Okay? His exact words to me were, well, brother, if this is real, if this were really real, this, that, and the other thing would happen, and again, he'd win the Now, keep in mind, while he's pitching me, my mind, I'm saying, you're not leaving with the belt, more than anything, because of Booker. I was saying, Booker, everybody said Booker deserves his belt. Booker is leaving the building tonight with the belt. That was, that's not changing, okay? So while he's pitching me his idea, I'm thinking on my feet because I know I've, I've, got to, I've got to counteract this. I've got to get him in that ring, but he can't win this belt, okay? So I said, wait, so I, I use his words back on him. I said, if this were real, you want to know how this thing would really work? Was how, and I said, I'll tell you how this was. I come into your trailer. You tell me that you know you're not going to do the job for Jeff Jarrett, and you want to go over in the match, and you want to win the belt. Okay. From the trailer, I if this were real hope, now this is what would happen. I would go to Jeff, and I would say, Jeff, I'm sorry, he doesn't want to do the job for you. You have to put him over. Jarrett is going to be pissed. Jeff Jarrett is going to cut a promo. Jeff Jarrett is going to be inspired. So I said, and you know what I would do, Hulk? I would say, you know what, Jeff? Lay down in the middle of the ring. Let him freaking cover. Let's stick it up his backside. Let him win the belt. That's what would really happen, bro. You, if you want to know, you know, what's real, brother, that's real. I swear to you, while I'm laying this out to him, why do I go that? I say to him, Hulk, do, you know, we, we do the thing with Jeff, okay? I said, now, you and Eric have to leave the building in a huff, bring a promo on me to all the boys in the back. That's you have to leave the building because I have to go back out to the ring later on, okay, and cut a scathing promo on you. If you're in the building, you'd come out and kill me. <laughs> so as a shoot, you guys got to leave. I cut a scathing promo on you telling you, screw you, take your belts, go home, the whole nine yards, and booking the match with Jeff and Booker for the title. Hogan looks at me and he goes, yeah, because then I'd have one title and Booker would have the other title and then we could do something with that. And I basically said, well, yeah, you know, we can figure that out because I just want to make it happen. I'm, I'm not, of course, I don't, you know, we could figure that out. Eric, I'll get back to you. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't going to do that, though. And as Bissell said later, however, in the interview, however, supposedly that was not the case because he said that Hogan and his cell phone and Hogan's cell phone were blowing up because Russo did go back out there 
and they flew from, I guess, Daytona to Tampa, which was like 20 minutes by flight. By the time they touched down, their phones were blown up on people that Russo went out there, cut the thing out, and basically went into business for himself, and that's when Hogan Bischoff got really upset with Russo and just absolutely were ticked off beyond extreme. And, and who wouldn't be? I would be, too. Because he figured, okay, I'm going to go into business for myself, Howard, and just really pull no bullshit, pardon the pun, and tell it like it is. And the thing is, if you remember too, guys, the next night, the night after, did they ever mention it on Nitro? No, they didn't. Because Russo basically, however, I guess was still in charge at the time, somewhat. And I guess WCW was obligated and said at the time, we cannot do that. We cannot air this at the time. I don't know. It's, it was weird. It was very, very weird and very bizarre. You know, you know what? You know what, JD? Hmm. I don't believe a one. I don't believe one word that Vince Russo said. I don't believe no, everything. He, I, don't, I don't believe everything. He said. I'm, I'm the same right. way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't either. I don't either. Because, like I said. He's always been full of shit. Even when he was in TNA, he was full of shit. And now he says, oh, I want to come back and continue to work on wrestling. You basically got in the damn TNA company through Jeff, and basically your whole career was writing Jeff Coates, Jeff Jarrett's coattails. I mean, I have his two books here. One of them's called Forgive Me, The Other One is How WCW Screwed Vince Russo. And I'll tell you, it's so funny reading those two books. Because he says, Oh, I never did anything while I was always a video store owner. I got into business thanks to Linda McMahon. Yeah, you did. But at the same time, like I said, you basically had your mouth all over Jeff Jarrett's, pardon the language, dick, sucking it to the point where you basically blew him, blew Vince, and you got your opportunity to hand to you on a silver fucking platter along with Ed Ferrara and said, okay, I didn't do anything wrong. I, I, was, I was the right guy to be the right, the right place at the right time writing TV. Yeah. You were, but yet you also mocked Jr. You mocked Jr. when you had Ed Farrar do the Oklahoma parody, and since then, yes, he has apologized to Jr. But that was still another incident that just absolutely was beyond stupidity, beyond words. Well, well certainly, I would, I definitely would agree. Uh, that was, like I said, I mean, it was, and like I said, w, this is this is one of the things. In the latter part of WCW, that they never really recovered from, and of course they they were keen to limp along until March of 2001, and then eventually we all know what happened there. Maybe until we saw like one, one, one real quick question. Overall, <laughs> just one particular moment, one time, what one moment do you think was the real? Really, I would say the turn. I would say the turning point. But what was the real knife in the heart that WCW really just could not get itself itself out of? I mean, what was the one dark moment that really, no pun intended, basically sank them? To me, I I saw always the finger poke of doom. It started from there, and it just snowballed from there. I think that was the real. Well, that's when everything changed. Yeah. I think. You look right. That was the night yeah. Mick Foley. The night Mick Foley. Mick Foley won the WWF title. Yep. And and then Mick Mick, Mick Foley said that was the that, that it was a mistake of him becoming the WWE champion. Yeah. Well, right. actually, I I don't I don't think it was a mistake. What was a mistake, I think, is when Tony went out on the air 
and they were still in the, they were still tight with them as far as the viewership of the night. But when Tony said the line on the air, threw Bischoff from the headset in the back, I'm sure. Oh, they'll put butts in seats, however, and, and that Mick Foley was our one time guy here in WCW, and they're gonna he's gonna win the world title. Ha! That'll put butts in seats. Well, guess what? What happened to that? Oh, that's right. Half a million people switched over to USA to watch it. And then by the time Nitro was over, not over yet, they saw what happened with Hogan and Nash. And by the time the ratings came out the next morning, or the next day, or even two days later, WWE basically barely beat them. But still, yet half a million people switched over because of one stupid remark that Tony Schiavone was forced-fed by Bischoff. That was stupid. Right. Right. Well, anyway, like I said, I'm going to make my point across, and then I need to go ahead and make a couple more notes here. I think what really, what really kind of hurt WCW towards the latter half of the last few, last last, last part of, of their existence, we'll say. And I think, J.D., you've been, this is another part of it that you've been very, very vocal about here in recent memory. It is the day that they decide to make a Hollywood actor the WCW World Title. David Arquette. Uh, yes. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That right there was. Why in the world? Point. Why in the world would, would Eric Bischoff tell Tony Schiavone to spoil about, um, tell, tell um, everyone um, to say, for Tony Schiavone to say, yeah, that'll put some money in their seats. Yeah. That'll put butts in the seats. Yeah, that's it. To yeah. put yeah, but yeah. Uh, well, maybe. Well, well. I mean, maybe like I said, this was probably. Um, Bischoff was probably at the time still probably just acting very, very cocky, and thinking, okay, he's got this in the bag. And then, as JD said, what what happened later? Yeah. Or since it, that time, let me pull up real quick. Hold on a second. Okay, let me look at the range. Yeah, well, while you do that, let me go ahead and take care of some of this. Right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the, King, the human suplex machine, John Gross, and the King Club's mid-pal has already left us here tonight. My guess is I think John's going to do his uh, his show on his page. So, ladies and gentlemen, check that out here, of course, coming up here in a little while here uh, on uh, John Gross's Sports and Wrestling Incorporated Facebook page. Um also, of course, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget here uh, tomorrow night on Revolution, of course, 138055 pound at 9 o'clock. We will, of course, in addition to our news and views and history and birthdays, we will definitely hope to hear from the Black Widow, Michelle Lynn Dodds, as well as Danny from Oak Park, to get their takes about different things that's been going on here, of course, here in, uh, in wrestling, of course, here over the past several weeks here and there, especially with what's happened last night. Um, we'll definitely get to hear hopefully what they have to say. Plus, we'll also have try to have a little bit of fun here, of course, with some with, with some cool stuff here. You never know what what could happen here. We'll definitely be having here having it here to you here tomorrow night, of course, on Revolution, of course, one three eight zero five five pounds. And don't forget this uh, Saturday evening at six o'clock, one four one three six four pound WWS Power Hour. Uh, of course, we'll review everything that took place here in the radio network this week. Plus, also bring you Saturday's wrestling history and birthdays, and also bring you some wrestling news tidbits courtesy of our friends at 411mania.com. So be sure to check that out here, of course, here in the WWS radio network right here on talkshow.com. 
Uh, but, and of course, we'll give this one more time. It is now the 11, at the 11 o'clock hour of, of course, Thursday, July 9th, 2020. Episode 262 of WCW, I'm sorry, NWO Wolfpack, Overtime. Uh, Mr. WWUS Chad Hinshaw, along with the Iceman, Jared DiGirolamo, and the Soul Man, Justin Lewis Fleming, of course, still here with us here tonight. Uh, <clears throat> we, I definitely want to thank the Kukuk Machine, John Gross, and the Kenyan Club's Mitt Patel for, of course, being a part of the show here this evening here as well. Now, let's see, J.D., was, we'll mention one other quick thing here. Uh, go ahead, yeah, JD. yeah, I, uh, like I said, I, uh, looking at the ratings from late 98 and early 99, you take a look at that, okay? The night after Stark, the week before Starcade, okay, that was when they had the NWO Nitro show. Raw won that show, 4-7-4. The following week, the night after Starcade, however, which Goldberg uh, lost the title the night before, as we all know how the streak ended for Goldberg. It was close, 4.9 to 4.6. The week, two weeks that followed, 5.7 to 5, 5.5 to 5, 5.5 to 4.4, 5.5 to 5, 6.0 to 4.7. That tells you right there, that's when the wheels start to really come off a little bit. But the worst tower came, obviously, however, I think it was, uh, yeah, in, in May of 99. 6.4 to 3.4, however. But like I said, you look at that stretch from December 21st through January 11th, however. That two and a half, three week window, however. They were still in the battle, and they still had good shows. Although the NWO Nitro show, I didn't think it was that great. But the night after Starcade was interesting. But like I said, you go up on that first show of 99, the very first show before the millennium in January, when they're in Atlanta, in the Georgia Dome, you have 40,000 people packed in the Dome that night. And you do the Goldberg arrest angle. That was another thing that was questionable that night, too, if you recall. And you still have a chance to beat WWE before the remarks. Shame on you. Shame on you. You know, know what, JD? Hmm. In 1996, a lot of people, 1996, a lot of people were, were watching WCW instead of watching WWE. Yeah. Because um, yeah, because it was stupid. Because because remember, because because uh, um, what WWE, what Vince McMahon did was something stupid. He was he had. Um, Jake Glenn Jacobs play a fake um Diesel, yep. and uh this other guy, what's Rick his Bonger. name? This uh, the guy that passed big away, time, big time, Rick, Rick Bonger. Yeah, Rick Bonger who Rick, passed away. Yeah, Rick Bonger, he was, he was big time in Japan. Yeah, he played he beat fake, Scott Hall. Yeah, the fake Razor Ramon. Yep, that was a stupid thing. And, and, and what Jr. said was was true in a, in a pipe bomb. Yeah. At that time, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think what really hurt them, however, like I said, um, uh, uh, like I said, uh, like, hold on a second, I'm just trying to do this here. Anyway, but like I said, the thing that really hurt them, though, I mean, I think everyone said, once the Mr. McMahon character came into play, however, after Montreal, they started to at least get some traction and get back, started fighting them. But it was, of course, the first Austin McMahon thing that all changed, as we all know. Well, that's a very, very good point. Very good point there, indeed. There, uh, very good point there, indeed, JD. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, 
course, thank you very much there, of course, there, gentlemen. Uh, before we close up shop for the evening, I will now go to JD and Justin and ask them, is there anything that they wish to add before they before we leave here for tonight? Bless you. Thank you. Uh, I have nothing at this point, but uh, I do have a good thing to close this out with you all laugh about. And uh, But, yeah, we got SmackDown tomorrow night. I don't think it's going to be that great of a show. We uh, obviously have Miz TV, I think, with uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, basically. And, you know, Shane's going to find a way to ruin that. And as much as I hate to say it, however, I think the New Day is going to lose to Nakamura and Cesaro tomorrow, which makes me even more cringe because either they're just going to lose them on their own or you're going to see the American Trumpers the Forgotten Sons back on television who haven't been on TV in a while, and I think they're still in a little hot water, but if not, I think the Forgotten Sons, however, or not the Forgotten Sons, Nakamura and Cesaro are going to win the titles tomorrow, which makes me cringe, because I don't think, I mean, this is a great pairing. I mean, Cesaro, don't get me wrong, I like him, but Nakamura being his partner, I'm iffy on that, though, you know? Well, I think the only thing right now, and I almost want to say this on a personal level, from what I've been hearing a whole lot, seeing a whole lot here lately, the only thing right now that's really hurting SmackDown is the fact that Bailey and Sasha have pretty much felt that they that they own pretty much every single little thing on that show. And the thing about it is, somebody needs to knock them off the pedestal and and knock them on their tails because, like I said, they deserve that. That's that would probably give them a little bit of a, a little bit of a wake up call and a little bit of dose of reality here. That, like I said, that, that they have a lot of competition out there, and they are not going to, of course, let any, that nobody's going to stand idly by and let them think they rule the roost. With and and they may think because they have the all they have the women's tag titles and the SmackDown women's title in their camp that they feel that they that they feel that they they actually do, but the actual fact is they don't. And like I said, if you, you got what what they, they got to do. Is if regardless if they take the women's tag belts off first and then someone gets to snatch that women's belt off of Bailey or the other way around, either way, here's my thing you have got to personally, you have got to personally, uh, like I said, get those belts off of them and all that, and then see how it feels for a little while without holding any gold at all whatsoever, and then. Who knows? We may get to see the one thing a lot of people have been talking about. Obviously, of course, a, a, a long-awaited feud from. Holy smoke! Since, oh, yeah. since, no, 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 no! I'm just watching this thing real quick. There's a story that this uh, KK's up the road from me at my house right now. Okay, but of course, like I said, of course, like I said, they're hoping to see once again Bailey and Sasha rekindle a feud that they had back during their days in NXT. Which I wouldn't mind seeing that myself, because we've never seen that hardly in WWE and on the main roster. So it'd be kind of great to see that, you know. But first, they got to get those belts off of them, because, like I said, they don't rule a blame thing, and someone needs to actually wake them up and and slap them in the face with a dose of reality. In my personal opinion, if they do that, then maybe SmackDown might get a little bit more watchable. In my personal opinion, if you have Two different ladies hold the women's tag belts, and you have another female competitor hold the SmackDown women's title. So there you go. 
That's my personal opinion. Uh, Justin, anything you wish to add before we close up the shop? Yeah, there um there are four yeah, four um um four things. Um uh okay, um thirty years ago today, um there was a recap on primetime wrestling with um with uh with Brother Love Bruce Pritchard, who's a piece of garbage, I believe, interviewing with Nikolai Bokal from um superstars on primetime wrestling. And um twenty years ago today Bradshaw defeated Gangrel and Midian on Sunday Night Heat. And 10 years ago today, Big Show and the All-American Jack Swagger, who is now Jake Kager in AEW, fought in the double countout. And uh, I think, and I think, um, I believe WWE right now is becoming just like 1996. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a good. Uh, that's a that's a good point of view there. Good good point of view there indeed. But uh, thank you very much there, of course, for for adding on everything there tonight, there, guys. On that note, here we do thank you very much for listening in on episode two sixty two of NWO Wolfpack. Once again, I definitely would like to thank the Iceman Jared Giralmo, as well as the Human Suplex Machine John Gross. As well as, of course, the Kenny Club, Mint Patel, and also, of course, right here, the Soul Man, Justin Lewis Fleming, <clears throat> for their insights about fight, into Fighter Fest, Great American Bash, and this great discussion about the latter half of the, the WCW days. Very unique there, guys. Very good. Very good there, indeed. Uh, but uh, be sure to check out everything we've got posted on all of our on all of our groups here, of course, here in WCWS. Uh, we've got uh, some very interesting stuff, of course, in everything from Sports Roundup to Game Show Alley to the Video Vault. Also, our tribute groups to Don Rickles, Johnny Carson, and also Whose Line Is It Anyway. Uh, location of Animation, of course, WWUS Movie Channel, the Entertainment Cavalcade, uh, and, of course, all of our other pages there as well. We've got some interesting moments posted in some of them. Some of our tribute groups, of course, include NWA US and OVWS. Uh, check check all those out there here today, <clears throat> and uh, even put some stuff posted recently in the RO in our Ring of Honor tribute page, ROH US Honor of the Ring. Be sure to check all that out here, of course, here on all of our pages in WWS, of course, on Facebook, and check out all of our past episodes of all of our shows here, of course, on TalkShoot.com. Uh, there are links, to, of course, on several of our pages to, of course, the show pages for Revolution, for Wolfpack, also for Bibli uh, for Raw Radio, also uh, for WWS Outside the Ropes, as well as, of course, Wrestling Profile. We're working on getting some of the links established for some of the other shows, but you'll definitely enjoy listening to, of course, I would say everything that we've all had to say through the years, and who knows, you might find a lot of those here pretty, pretty, pretty unique. Uh, so we'd love to get some insights, some intake about all that. So be sure to, to, to check out what we got. And, of course, more shows will be added on, of course, as we continue forward here with the radio network, of course, on TalkShoe.com. Wolfpack 262 is a broadcast of the, uh, of the WWS radio network right here, of course, on TalkShoe.com, where we are, of course, five years older, continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection folks take care of yourselves and each other 
Of course, wash your hands, stay clean, and pray, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. WWUS's uh, three-step plan to, of course, to come, the, the combat, the overhyped flu bug. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, and, of course, uh, but uh, definitely stay safe out there. Do every, whatever you feel is necessary to do so, like I said. Uh, just, just play it safe. As, 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 as all, as all anyone can say, and all anyone can ask. And say a prayer for those who we have lost as a result of this thing, those who are currently suffering from it, um, and hopefully, like I said, they'll be able to recover here without any problems at all whatsoever. So we'll definitely have, we'll de so we'll definitely be keeping our, our eyes open for all that there as well. <clears throat> Remember, since 2015, your source for everything in the world of pro wrestling, pop culture, and everything in between. This is, of course, the one and the only the WCWS Radio Network. And now the Iceman, Jared DiGiromo, has something cooked up here for us to end the 262 of Wolfpack. Uh, JD, please go ahead and proceed. All right, just give me a second here, huh? All right, All right, here we go. Good night. Good night, Justin. Take care, bud. Bleeds. 
just bleeds in. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, take care and God bless her, folks. This is the WCWS Radio Network. And I always wanted to be Captain America. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.